Hey guys, welcome inside episode four of Happy Hour with Ryan. We're still in season three. I'm your host, Ryan White. We got a great show today for you. Mr. Timothy Lim from right here in Little Rock, Arkansas is coming on the podcast. He's our special guest today. But before we get into some uh, sports news, uh, kind of want to take some time out uh, to share with you a quick story here. So uh, coming to you now is a back-to-back uh, one half of Beer Pong Tag Team Champions with my boy Cisco Gomez. Um, it, it's you know it's always fun you know to play beer pong. Uh, I'm sure many of you out there played it or you know wherever you're listening it from around the world. Uh, it was, game got pretty popular when I was in college. Um, I know we started playing like 2005 or whatever. But anyway, we were at establishment here in Little Rock, and the team we were playing they had won a few years ago. Uh, one of the members of that other team uh, was one of my fraternity brothers and then one of his buddies that's actually a manager at this establishment. So anyway, uh, we got down pretty neck and neck back and forth. Uh, I mean, it was close game, got down to our two final cups or whatever. So my boy Cisco, he was distracting this other guy when he was starting to shoot. Now, before this, uh, I think we had got down to maybe five cups and uh, there was a certain formation he wanted. And so anyway, you know, a lot of times and, and we're kind of more old school. So we just were like, hey, come, you know, do your formation however you want it. You know, we'll let you do it. It's, you know, we're not going to be mad or anything like that. And because and we've allowed other teams to do it, you know, when they say, oh, we, we want a, a sliding V formation or whatever. We're just like, do whatever, because. We're just used to the normal re-racks they do from the World Series of Beer Pong in Vegas. So this other guy was getting upset, and I was just like, hey, you know, he doesn't know. Y'all come over here and do it. So my fraternity brother, his partner, came over and made the formation. So he was steady arguing with me, and he was like, hey, you know, you rolled your eyes or whatever. Go back to your side. So I was like, okay, so this is going to be a problem. I can already see. He's already getting upset. And uh, and you'll probably hear me say this a lot. It's just a game. So anyway, back to the story. So um, get down to the two final cups. My boy Cisco, he's got a corona. He's distracting. And the guy is really upset. He's just like, you know, take that, you know, motherfucking bottle away or whatever. And so Cisco's like, no, he's standing his ground. And, you know, and I know Cisco really well, so I know I knew what he was going to do. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is going to get interesting. So anyway, he came, he walked over, which he crossed over the line because, you know, there's a halfway point, you know, on the table. There's a divine line. Any type of table you have probably in your house has a, has a line with it. But anyway, line on it. So he comes over and, you know, he grabs the bottle. Now. Uh, let me go ahead. This guy is a manager of this establishment. So they're wrestling with it. 
and Cisco just gets angry, you know, and and they're arguing and everything, and it took just about everybody to like, you know, everybody's trying to break everything, you know, them fighting, you know, whatever, trying to break up the fight. So his wife comes over, which is one of our best friends and sisters, and the like. I guess they were, and I didn't see it, but they were wrestling with it, and she got hit by this other guy. So, um, you know, and it was probably an accident, but, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, wow, you just hit a girl. So they're trying to calm me down because I'm getting so, you know, emotional. And I'm just like, man, you know, this guy, you know, he's saying, you know, I rolled my eyes at him and I've told people this story and they're just like, doesn't matter if you did or didn't, you know, you're a manager of establishment, you know, you've got to set the example, you know, and then sometimes I think, you know, I know everybody wants to play, but there's sometimes maybe it's good if you don't play or remove yourself because it's one of those things. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to get that emotional or it's, you know, you're getting that angry about a game, you know, maybe I should take myself out of this equation. So, you know, there's no fighting going on, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's just, you know, your, your morals and values as far as, and I don't know this guy personally, but just by doing that, it's just like, wow. So now, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know, it could have been a big fight and, you know, just, just so much. And it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I, you know, I walked away. So they tell you walk away from a fight or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm walking away, even though I wasn't in the fight, I'm walking away. And I said, you know what? We're leaving. And one of the, or the owner, uh, I know through one of my, the same fraternity, me and the other guy that play on the same team are part of, um, you know, I, I know his partner owner of this establishment. So I said, hey, you know, we don't want any trouble. I know you don't really know me personally. And so I was just ready to leave. And then, so my you know, pledge brother, he comes up and he's just like, Hey, we'll take the loss. And I said, no, we're going to leave. You know, it's just not worth it at this point. So anyway, everybody got calmed down or whatever. Uh, we finished the game. We ended up winning. And then also we, we won the championship. So it's back to back. But I was like, you know, I was thinking, I'm not worried about this because you know, if somebody's going to get hurt or there's going to be arguments over this game and it's supposed to be fun, then, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to root myself. I'm, we're just going to leave, you know, and it, it's just like, wow, that just took the fun out of it. And so now it's to a point like I don't even know if we're going to go back next year. I mean, it'd be awesome to m- maybe have a chance for a three P, but. You know, and I haven't talked to uh, my buddy Cisco about it, but I'm just kind of like, man, I don't even know. Um, and then they had another, you know, this younger girl there we had played. She was mad that we had beat them, some controversial on a cup. And, you know, she was just talking shit, you know, to us. You know, she was just like, oh, that's some BS that you guys won. It's just like, it's just a game. Like, you got that upset. You know, I understand you're competitive, but it's just a game. So anyway, it's just like, this establishment, you know, when, when you have younger people, uh, you know, come there, you know, that's sometimes the result of certain things that may happen, you know, so it, it's just, but I just want to kind of share that, you know, it's just one of those things like, 
you know, setting the example. So that's kind of what I want to transition to uh, the news out of the NBA. So many of you know John Morant. Uh, if you don't, he plays uh, in the NBA for the Memphis Grizzlies. So he recently got suspended. Now, uh, he, he's really young. I think he's like 23, if I'm not mistaken. So there's just been some stuff going on, and everybody's wondering, you know, what's what's the situation? What's really going on? So back on January 29th this year, uh, there was an investigation that uh, it stemmed from a post-game, post-game confrontation between acquaintances of John Morant, and they had played the Indiana Pacers in Memphis. So some of the Pacer fans, you know, traveling party, you know, it was reported that numerous eyewitnesses um, after some uh, surveillance through the video was reviewed um, that a laser, a red laser was pointing at, you know, people from Indiana Pacers organization. It was from a sports utility vehicle. So that's you know, one incident, you know, and not sure even how that came about. Like, why why were, you know, acquaintances of Morant doing this to, you know, these people from Indiana? So, then, uh, March 1st, uh, separate incident. So, Morant, um, last summer, uh, somehow had... I guess uh, had a 17-year-old at his house, and they decided to do a pickup basketball game. And so, um, apparently, he and this 17-year-old got into it, and he had a gun in his waistband. And so he, you know, he had it, you know, he had his hand on like he was going to draw after he and this guy got into an argument or fight or whatever. So it's just kind of like. You know, first of all, why would you be doing a pickup game at your house? You know, that's just kind of, that, that just, you know, it's kind of weird in a way. Like, I, I mean, personally, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe shooting, you, you know, you know, some, some hoops, you know, in my backyard or something, in my driveway, but I don't know. Pickup game, you know, it. Personally, you want to maybe have more people around or you want to do it like, you know, just, you know, you know, amateur basketball game. You know, you may want to have some other athletes, you know, just for fun. But like just that one on one, I just don't know. I don't know because anything can happen. And then this 17 year old, he, he could say anything. He, I mean, he could, you know, he could, he could come up with any type of story make up. But this actually did occur. So he had a confrontation with this security guard. So, you know, but the icing on the cake, March 4th, um, Moran had went to a nightclub after a game against the Denver Nuggets, and it was about 420 in the morning. John Morant, shirtless, he was rapping. Uh, there was some music playing in the background. Um, he was holding a handgun. And, you know, I know a lot of people have said, you know, well, wait a minute. He's, you know, he's 
lives in Memphis. He's not from there, but he lives there now. His residency is in Memphis. Why are you bringing a gun to a club in Denver, Colorado? So this, you know, like I said, this is, is where it gets real interesting. So he's just waving. He's just waving the gun, you know. And so uh, after that, he deactivated both his Twitter and Instagram accounts. Uh, after further investigation, there were no charges that were going to be filed uh, from legal, you know, uh, from 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 cops, basically, from the jurisdiction there in uh, Denver, Colorado. So I was watching Undisputed uh, the other week, and Eddie. Eddie House, he used to play with the Miami Heat. He was a guest on Undisputed, and he had told Skip and Shannon. He got drafted by the Miami Heat organization. Pat Riley, uh, who's the president, he pulled him in his office, and he said, listen, young man, I know what goes on on these streets. I know you want to party, spend money, and get with the ladies. But I advise you take a look and think about your situation. You know, one wrong move, you could risk losing everything. So it's pretty much, you know, he was telling to reevaluate re your life. Don't mess this thing up. So, th and this, and this is just, you know, some of the facts and just, you know, from my corner point of view. You know, Mr. Morant, you got a gift most people would would dream of. You know, don't mess it up sinking low, thinking you're some game banger or want to live that type of lifestyle. There are some people that want to do that. Uh, you know, you know, it's okay to not go out sometimes and do crazy stuff. I know you're young. We've all done, you know, crazy things. You know, and I myself, you know, we partied in college and stuff, and you know, there there are sometimes I think, man, thank God, you know, I made it home safe. You know, because I've heard of situations and I thought, wow, that, that could have easily been me. Ja, you're about to ink a really big deal this summer. 200 something million dollars. You're the face of Nike. And they are still backing you up after all this. Um, so this really should be a wake up call, you know, not to mess this up. You know, I hope you, you know, taking time, you know, I know he went to a counseling facility in Florida. You know, he's had some time to reflect and, you know, he's acknowledged, you know, that that he made a mistake. And um, so, you know, it's in his best interest to do what's right. You know, he's apologized to his family. Memphis, you know, Grizzlies organization. Um the community of Memphis, you know, he, he's got a lot of people dependent on him. He's still got both his parents and I think they live right beside him. Um, but you know, and, and I'm sure, and I don't know that I would think they should be giving him some uh, parental advice. You know, you know, you're a young man, you know, you got great gifts, you know, don't just throw them away. Uh, cause some people are looking for you to fail. Let's be honest. People look for people to fail all the time. And these acquaintances that he's running with, you know, if they're his best friends and have his best interests, uh, you know, at heart, then, hey, they're saying, 
Ja, we apologize. You know, we're not going to keep you from trying to achieve and attain a goal, which is to win a world NBA championship. You know, that's all, you know, every team's goal at the beginning. You know, when they come into, you know, uh, preseason workouts, you know, in, in September, that's their main goal by, you know, in June to hold up the Larry O'Brien trophy and win a championship. So I just say with that, with everything, you know, just, you know, be more uh, responsible. That's that's all you got to do as an individual. Try to be more responsible. And yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We're human. You know, it's life. But you can't put yourself in situations that that's really going to have effect, you know, on you outwardly toward the world because now you got eyes definitely watching you, you know. So, uh, and to take a quote from Friday Night Lights, um, character is who you are when no one's watching, you know. So, that's that's pretty much, you know, what you got to do, you know, because, you know, when you don't think people are watching, oh, they're watching. Yeah, they're watching you, so... Yeah, uh, you just got to try to be uh, the best version of yourself. So moving on, we got uh, the Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trailer. Uh, If you haven't seen it, definitely do. It's on YouTube right now. The last couple weeks, uh, it debuted. Uh, This was a lot of people's childhood. I love the Ninja Turtles. Uh, I actually now started back collecting. uh, It's about eight years ago and I haven't bought any since, but, uh, I collected the old, old school figurines, but I love the nineties films. Uh, they used to come out during spring break. Um, the more recent ones, uh, they had a couple that came out 2014, 2016. The latter one, uh, had Stephen Amell, uh, you know, Megan Fox and, um, Will Arnett. They were really good. They were really good. Uh, I still like the old school ones, but, uh, you know, and the 2014 and 2016 ones were mainly CGI. Um, but there are just a plethora of Hollywood A-listers that are going to be voicing the characters on this uh, Ninja Turtle movie. You got uh, WWE uh, wrestler John Cena. You got Jackie Chan, Giancarlo Esposito, Paul Rudd, uh, Post Malone, Ice Cube, Hannibal Burris. Uh, just to name a few there. So, it, and it kind of reminds you of the Spider-Man Enter the uh, Spider-Verse, the Miles Morales uh, movie. So, it's got those type of visual effects, which is pretty neat. So, uh, I'm anxious to see that uh, movie. It's going to be interesting. So, that's going to come out here uh, in August uh, 2023. And then, just to catch you up, the movies that are, are out and about to come out here soon. You got the Shazam sequel, Fury of the Gods, that came out March 17th, uh, last Friday. Then you have John Wick 4 coming out um, on Friday this week. And then you got the much-anticipated Super Mario Brothers movie in April. So a lot of good, uh, uh, good movies coming out here soon. So I've got some extra free tickets movie club me and my wife do so uh be using those and typically we use two to three you know usually there's or going forward is going to be three marvel movies so we try to uh use them for those but if it's some other movies we may want to see horror movies or uh i think we yeah we just saw scream six so 
yeah, we used it for that, which, uh, yeah, it, it was good. Scream 6 was good. Uh, I'll let you be the judge of it. See it for yourself. Uh, I did like it better than Scream 4. Um, so, yeah, to me, and it was it was a top three out of all six Scream movies. It, it was a top three movie for me. One of my favorite times of the year is here, March Madness. Man, there's been some incredible college basketball games on. And this is the first year, honestly, the field is on a level slate. Um, you know, there's not a clear favorite. Anybody could easily win. Uh, you had Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, and if you want to wear where this school is, so this state is home to Bruce Springsteen, the Jonas Brothers, and your fist pumping crew of a shore. So if you guess New Jersey, you're right. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, they were a number 16 seed. They upset Purdue. Um, I hadn't really watched Purdue all year, uh, but apparently they were number one, and I just really didn't see it. I finally got to see them play, and it just they just didn't seem like they were a really good team to me. But not just did Purdue go down as a number one seed, another number one seed went down, and I'm talking about the Kansas Jayhawks. And they just thought they could toy with the, the Arkansas Razorbacks out of Fayetteville, and they got upset by one point. Now, Bill Self, uh, Kansas Jayhawks coach, uh, he had had uh, some heart issues. He got some stints put in, but he was out. So some people say if he had been there, uh, game might have been different. He might have you know, coached them different, ran some different plays, but Hey, Arkansas got it done. Um, uh, we were actually at Buffalo Wild Wings uh, Saturday. And Kansas had opened a 14-point lead, but um, Arkansas got Kansas's uh, bigs in foul trouble. And it was pretty much tit for tat. Both were in the bonus. So they were trading baskets. Seemed like Kansas, you know, they maybe go up, you know, four points or six points. And Razorbacks, you know, they never gave up a lot of heart. Um so, yeah, it was a really good game. So the Hogs came out uh, on top, and they are going to be sweetly dancing into the uh, 16 group here. Uh, Princeton's another another story, Cinderella. They're number 15. Uh, they upset Missouri uh, and Arizona to advance as well. So uh, coverage is going to start 5 p.m. Uh, Thursday. So we got two more days till the Sweet 16 and Elite 8. And then we're going to find out who's going to be going to Houston uh, for the Final Four. So the last teams that are left, uh, Arkansas, Alabama, Kansas State, Miami, Houston, Xavier, Tennessee, Gonzaga, UCLA, Texas, Creighton, Michigan State, FAU, San Diego State, and UConn additional there with Princeton. So um, anxious and excited. It's going to be some great games on, uh, you know, Thursday through Sunday. So by Sunday night, we're going to find out who's going to end up in Astro World uh, for the Final Four this year. And Houston's got a good chance uh, to actually make it to the Final Four and host, which is going to be really interesting. I don't know if any teams ever ever hosted a Final Four it's almost like, you know, Super Bowl, <clears throat> you know, hosting a Super Bowl and the Buccaneers and the L.A. Rams are the last two teams to do it. It had never been done in history. So 
Uh, if it hadn't been done before, it could be uh, looking at history soon. Well, guys, we're up to our guest for this week. It is Timothy Lim, as I stated in the beginning of the pre-show episode. I met Tim through mutual friend of ours, Eric Taylor here at UALR. Um, Tim does some really great art work. You should check out his ink. Uh, he is going to go over his... Um, he's going to plug in his website um, on the podcast, his link on social media. Uh, you definitely want to check him out. Uh, he's a big superhero fan, as just like me. So he's going to talk about how he got into art and he's been doing some comic cons which i thought was really interesting and awesome so he's definitely going to touch on that so after our quick commercial musical break here we'll be back with this week's guest timothy Lim, on happy hour with ryan Hey, Tim. Hey, is this working? Yeah, this is. Gotcha. Oh, cool. Awesome. Awesome, man. How's it going? Good. How about you? Pretty good, man. It's been a while. It's, man, it seems like I was just looking and I was like, man, I'm coming over my 20-year high school reunion this year. <laughs> oh, I'll, t- I'll tell you a funny thing is because you and I met through Eric and, yeah. um, you know, maybe it's just like guys, but. I've noticed that with my guy friends, we can like not talk to each other for years. And when we get back yep. together, it's like nothing. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. I actually saw Eric. Um, this was probably a couple of months ago. It was sometime last year. But but no, you're right, man. It's just like with guys, like we go like so many years I've seen each other. It's just like, you know, and then we see each other. It's like, yeah. <laughs> or yeah, not. Not unless you've been in like prison or are strung out on crack or something, and like I can't recognize you, like that's just how it is. And then, yeah, uh, seems like a lot of a lot of my friend, like uh, my wife, whenever she's talking to her relatives or girlfriends or whatever, it's like, oh my gosh, I, oh you look so different, and it's like, oh really? Seems like it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Um, I was just gonna say I ran into Eric Taylor. This was like sometime last year. Uh, I was coming from Walmart on Chanel, and then I was at a stoplight and looked over, and it was him. Oh, man. That's <laughs> Crazy. Cool. And I had not seen him since probably my, oh, gosh, probably my 30th birthday in 2014. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he. I texted him, and uh, I was like, hey, 
throwing my 30th birthday party at U.S. Pizza and Hillcrest. Yeah. And so, yeah, he ended up coming out, which was crazy. I didn't know if he was in town because he went to San Antonio for a little he, bit. Yes, yeah. So that wasn't too long ago because I was, I was there for all of that. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because he, um, whatchamacallit, where was I at the time? I was living in, I was living in Central Texas. I'd lived there for five years. Wow. And, what, what brought you to Texas? I'm, I'm just kind of curious. My wife. She okay. her resident her what her residency was in Central Texas and so okay. um, I went there and then he got a job in San Antonio. Uh-huh. So it's kind of funny how all this works. So I ran into Eric Taylor at a comic convention. We hadn't seen each other in about three years, and so how uh, crazy! And yeah, comic, and we all share that in common. So yeah, and so <laughs> yeah. Um, what happened was he and I got to talking, and uh, I was like, "Hey, are you going to be in town? Let's ho- let's go have breakfast tomorrow at IHOP." So we went to IHOP. And he was like, what are you doing nowadays? And I said, uh, you know, like, man, since I saw you, I've been doing comics and stuff. I do conventions. And so he was like, dude, that sounds like fun. I want to do them. And so he started doing conventions with me. And it turns out he's, like, really good at it. And so um, he got hired by the largest comic book store in, like, the South, if not the country. I know at, wow. one, point, at one point they were, like, the fifth largest uh, comic store in the country. Mm-hmm. Now I think, I think they're the largest co- uh, comic book store in, in the South for sure. And uh, – he, he did so good that they, they were so impressed that they were like, we'll hire you full time. And they hired him full time. He worked there for about a year and a half, two years, I think. Um, so, yeah, that's it is kind of interesting how all of that, like, uh, assembles and works together. Man, that's so awesome. Because I, I hope to have him on one day. But, yeah, because I remember, like, like, first couple years hanging out, like, on, I think it was, like, Wednesdays would be, like, comic book day, and we go over to the comic book store off Rodney Parham. Yeah, heck yeah. Yeah, I was, man, it just blows my, that's crazy how y'all saw each other, too, how, how fate, you know, kind of just brings us, you know, back around uh, yeah. meet up with old acquaintances and whatnot, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. That, that's good, though, you guys got to meet up and catch up and everything. Yeah, absolutely, and then, um, you know, we all ended up in the same place, which is the craziest part. Yeah, was, we, we all ended up back home, which is good. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he married a small town girl, moved mm-hmm. to Sheridan, and he's happy. He's That's... playing daddy duty. Has two girls. <laughs> yeah, he was kind of telling me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. That's just fantastic, man. Yeah, he's man, and you too. But man, yeah, Eric, he's just like a people person, man. Just, I, I mean, when I met him, you know, he was starting to roll mega tall stuff and all that. And yeah, yeah, he just just most welcome it's kind of like how i was when i got into you at ualr and, and i joined sigma new and everything but uh-huh. yeah man yeah we just immediately clicked uh uh he and i did so that's yeah, how that's, that's awesome. how he is man part of it he, he's got street cred you know like i <laughs> do that dude has the he has like the the he has a he's a silver tongue like yeah. um I, I, don't, I don't think you've i don't i don't, I don't think he's gonna mind me telling you this story but the first uh-huh, time i met sure. him yeah love a story I, yeah yeah i, I I couldn't stand him because he was so he was so fast talking and like and like what? annoying. Yeah, I was I was like, man, I don't think I'm gonna get along with this guy. And then um, I I did what you're not supposed to do to girls you don't like. You give them your phone number. And so um, yeah, he called me the next day and he was like, hey man, like uh, this Eric. I was like, what? Hey, that was a great impression by the and way. He's, he's like, hey man, I'm gonna go to the comic book store. You wanna hang out with me? And I was like, ah, okay. And it turns out, like, I was riding around with him, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this guy. Like, this guy's pretty cool. And so we've just been friends, like, ever since. Man, that, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, like I say, uh, yeah, he's a really good dude, really good dude. So, he man, is. kind of starting us off, are you from Little Rock? Or? Yes, I was born and raised in Little Rock. Um, my family has lived between – actually, pretty much my whole family lives in central Arkansas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, some of them live in like the upper northeast corner, or I'm sorry, the northwest corner. But yeah, we're all central between Searcy, Little Rock, and Pine Bluff. That is where we're all at. Okay, okay. Because yeah, and Eric, it's crazy. He's from Pine Bluff, I believe. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and he, yeah. he went to school with some friends of mine, too. Oh, wow, man. Small world, small world. So, uh, growing up, any siblings? Um, just you, only child? or? No, I grew up in the house of, I, had, I have one brother, and then I have a few adopted brothers and sister. Um, so, we grew up in a pretty full house my whole life. Wow. Yeah, sounds like, so, yeah, yeah. So, and how did that work? Because I know, you know, kind of like a Brady Bunch type of deal, you know, mix, you know, you know, you got, you know, stepbrothers or sisters. How how would all that go? Do you did you adjust really well or No, it was it was great because um mm-hmm. in a way they kind of formed an ecosystem where okay. you're, able, you're able to socialize and obviously the more people there are to talk to, the merrier. So it was mm-hmm. fun. It was actually probably the best years of my life were spent at home just surrounded with nothing but family. There was I never had a, I was never lonely, you know. Wow, that's important, man. And, and some so many people don't have that. So that's good that you had that. Uh, you know, like a really great family came from a really great great family and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been very my my upbringing here in Arkansas has been really good. I mean, partially because of the people I'm surrounded with, but also because obviously my family too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, man. Understandable. And so, and and you went to Catholic high. Is that correct? I did. Yes. I went I went to in Little Rock. I went to parochial schools my whole life. I went to Christ the King. Okay. And then I went to Catholic okay. right after that. Gotcha, gotcha. Cause my uh well I don't know, you may know my um brother in law, my, my wife's brother, um Brian Campbell. I, yes, he and I are in the same we were we graduated from the same class. I thought so. I thought you guys were what, two thousand? Two thousand, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought so, yeah, because yeah, I'm yeah, because I'm like three years younger than you guys. Yeah. yeah okay. So you're young. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not an old man. Well, like not so much. <laughs> I, I've been, I, so I joined, uh, side note, like I joined uh, uh, Sport of Fitness, which used to be LA Fitness, and I've been loving it since last July. Uh-huh. But man, I'm like running up and down the basketball court with like, you know, 20 some year olds and stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel so old. Is that, yeah. <laughs> so I don't feel like that young, but uh, sure, sure. Yeah, but yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, So uh, any extracurricular activities in high school, clubs, anything like that? Or no, I was a, I was a bookworm. Okay. I focused, I focused mostly on studies. The only thing that yeah. I did extracurricular was. I was a member of their art club. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I did that for all four years I was in high school. That was the only extracurricular club I was part of. I was I was briefly part of the homecoming committee because I did their T-shirts and their backdrop nice. artwork. Um, but that's pretty much it. Very cool. And, I, man, and, and we'll get into you and, you and your artwork. It's just incredible, man. It, was that something at a younger age that you wanted to – it just something drew you to? Was it comic books or anything particular? I, I actually don't know because I grew up watching cartoons. Okay. Um, and but I, like I said, I don't think that's anything unusual because everyone grew right. up watching cartoons. I oh, thought. for sure, for sure, for sure. Did yeah. you have a favorite one, by the way, cartoon or? I it's it's definitely it's probably the Transformers or GI okay. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those those came on back to back, so mm-hmm. for a long time I thought they were just kind of one and the same thing. Yeah. But for sure. I think it would probably have to be like uh, my mother drew, and she taught us from a very early age how to draw 
So I always had it as a hobby, but I never, I never actually thought about doing it as a profession. And actually, my family was discouraged because it was oh. like, it was like, man, there's no such thing as like a rich artist. They're all poor, so you don't want to do that. Starving artist. Yep. Yep. Yeah, starving <laughs> artist. So I never pursued it as a career, like ever. And it's not something I, I really thought about seriously at all. Really? Wow. Uh, about that? What, were they always just, oh, you should go into this, or you're really good at? It? Did they try to? Like no for that field or no, they actively discouraged. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they told me to not waste my time because there were times when like during high school, I love drawing. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously they wanted me to focus on my studies. So sometimes I would I would sneak down late at night because uh -huh. um, when I was a sophomore in high school, okay, uh, I had the, I had like the first or second edition of Photoshop. And I was like, wow. man, I got to learn. I got to learn how to color digitally. And uh, we had a communal workstation downstairs, a computer. And sometimes my dad would come downstairs and be like, what are you doing? It's like one o'clock in the morning. And he was not happy <laughs> that I was I was doodling around um, so early in the morning. So I had to kind of sneak out to do that while some other kids were sneaking out with their girlfriends. Or there you go. Partying and yeah. Partying. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, you know, Asian upbringing, it's like, Oh, what are you gotcha. doing? You're not supposed to be drawing so early in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man. And you, you said Photoshop too. So I'm thinking like old, old, I mean, you got to think, man, how did it look back then compared to now? Like, oh man, it's <laughs> it was rough. I mean, I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, um, but I'll tell you something funny about it mm -hmm. is that uh, I've actually never upgraded past I think CS one. So at some point, once you learn the base level of Photoshop and you know exactly what you want to do, you don't need mm -hmm. all the other bells and whistles after that. There you like, go. You have you have everything. So I have not upgraded in years. Wow, that that's incredible. That's incredible. And then so. Uh, colleges on the horizon after high school was there any other schools outside of UALR that you wanted to go to or was it just you want to stay near home or well what happened was um, it was like a cost benefit analysis I mean everyone wanted to kind of go away and do some stuff but you know you go. I, I think a lot of people have that desire to flee the nest and like what we talked about before mm -hmm. I never really had that desire because I kind of like being at home and so Originally, I wanted to go into something in the medical field, and I learned that you don't necessarily have to be like a Harvard, like a Harvard or Ivy League graduate to mm -hmm. become like a doctor or any type of medical professional. Exactly, uh, you just need a certain level of competence and degree. Mm -hmm. And so, um, UALR offered me a very nice scholarship to attend there. So I, I was a Donaghy scholar. Nice. I had a full, I had a full ride plus stipend, so I just went to UALR and I honestly had a really good education um, going through there and um, I was very happy with that, that decision as well because mm -hmm. you know later on in life like we talked about before right. I find that some of our friends who actually went away they always come back so mm -hmm. uh, it's like hey I never really left when you think about it so yeah I, I went right from Catholic to UALR um, I was there for um, four years and then I did my post back there and then I went back for my doctorate degree. Oh, wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I think I did see that. Congratulations, Dr. Tim Lim. And I'll have to put that, you know, your title. Uh, oh, this podcast. <laughs> well, don't don't call me that uh, in person. It's too too embarrassing. <laughs> well, I, actually, I know because I have two other friends that are doctors and I have an, another fraternity brother. I think he, he's on his way 
he just received he just got his master's i want to say last year if i'm not mistaken so okay, okay. i'm coming to know a lot of doctors and <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nice to have uh, friends with that degree. There's certain uh, perks to it when you need to call someone. That's right, man. That's right. Reaching out, reaching out. Yes, sir. Um, so I want to get kind of the bulk of this uh, Marble in DC. Uh-huh. Now, man, I've got to ask, and this is probably a million dollar question. Why is DC, and I don't know, maybe they're not, why is DC failing so bad at their movies? Or, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. And then I'm looking, well, okay. I'm thinking, so I have a question, I have a question for you. I have a question for you, Ryan. How, okay. <laughs> how, did, how did you know that I would agree with you? Because, you know, you got you got some people out there who'd be like, what, what, what do you mean failing? They're doing just fine. Thank yeah. You oh, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pro 100%. Marvel all the way. I was sure, probably sure. a thousand percent or sure. than that. Yeah, I, I don't know. And the TV show now, DC TV shows are pretty good. They're pretty uh-huh. decent. Um, now I heard the Flash kind of went off, just just whatever. A friend of mine was telling me about it, which I, I stopped watching them kind of when the pandemic started. So much was going on. I had just sure. got married, married as well, so. Um, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with DC. And now James Gunn, just want to get your, you know, perspective from your your corner. What's going on with DC? Just all so, together. I mean, obviously, for people listening, your mileage might vary. For example, like down right. in Texas, people love DC. Like they're they're big Snyder people. Um, really, I a, wouldn't have never known that either. Yeah, just as a tangent, uh, mm-hmm. when we do all, when we do all these conventions, obviously yeah. you get to see kind of what people are interested in, like what uh-huh. people buy. For sure. And like the time we spent in Texas was definitely like DC country, like mm. hands down, like people love that stuff. So like Batman, really popular. Superman, really popular. Harley okay. Quinn was really popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like the two, the two most popular Marvel characters were like Deadpool and Punisher which kind of makes sense. Like I can see that. Okay. Um, okay. But I think the majority consensus is that DC is not really doing that great of a job. Like when you really think about it, because yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I actually have not liked any of the DC movies <laughs> put out. Um, I thought Shazam was, it was, it, it was entertaining. Like I was, it, it, was, by yeah, it. it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. We liked it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think the problem with it is that DC they're trying hard to emulate Marvel's formula without quite understanding what, what made that. it work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what what made Marvel work was you still had a vision for the universe that was not governed by committee. Like it was very it was understood that Kevin Feige had a modicum of understanding of kind of what makes it tick, like what things in that universe are cool. And mm-hmm. he, he was very patient. Like if you I don't know if this occurred to you, but when you watch that Avengers movie, like if you remember watching that first Avengers movie, I think if mm-hmm. you've ever read comics, mm-hmm. there was that weird moment where you're like, this is crazy. Like, I need to pinch myself. Like, never yeah. in a billion years would I have thought that they would have pulled this off. Like, exactly. You, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah. They took they took five movies, like they took like five separate movie franchises and combined them. Like, that's mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um but that was the groundwork that they laid out and John Favreau with like Iron Man. Now, That's right. Granted, mm-hmm. I think some people will correct me and they'll say, well, technically I think 
Incredible Hulk was probably like the first one, but technically, you know, right, right, right. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the the reality is that with John Favreau's realization of Iron Man making a movie where it had like kind of mass appeal, uh, a mass uh-huh. appeal that we haven't seen since like Spider Man and X Men came out by exactly. Sony exactly and Fox. And so what happened was because they were patient and deliberate in how they did it, it was a very well-timed execution. But all these other movie companies, DC included, were like, well, we need to replicate that. But they try to replicate it in the fastest, most impatient way possible without any direction in terms of like where it needs to go. For example, yeah. DC is not the only one guilty about it. You had the the Universal Dark uh, multiverse where they were trying to make like a new universe with like dracula frankenstein the wolfman and it was oh, awful wow. like none of those movies were good because yeah the thing is that for the cinematic universe to work each movie has to be good like they all have to basically be in sync in terms of how well they're received otherwise no one's going to care like yeah. no one is going to care if um these two characters meet up if one if one character is not as liked and so I think mm-hmm. that's where they I think that's where they really messed up because um, they wanted to go really quickly into like a Batman v Superman. And yeah, they were rushing. Got they were rushing there. I thought, yeah, the movie, by the way, just my opinion, you know, when she came out, I was like, OK, OK, that saved because that was really a disaster to me. You know, it just well, wasn't that good. And then um, the funny thing is that you see with them kind of a problem that you're also having in modern comics, which is. They're always kind of recasting their roles. So uh, that, yeah. Is that the point? Like, how many Batmans have we had so far? Like, why? Oh, so rebooting? many. I was thinking that the other day. Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Michael Keaton. Right. Um, I mean, the list goes on. Ben Affleck now, and Robert Pattinson, right? And Christian Bale. Yeah, I think that's just about all. But yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, and so it's like, well, how many times can you recycle it until you've mm-hmm. diluted your brand where it doesn't even matter anymore? I mean, it's like. So people have been telling me that that Joker movie is good, but I haven't seen it. And the reason I haven't seen it is it's like, well, I, I'm a stickler for kind of the story, the canon. So what's canon now? Like if this is just some mm-hmm. side story where it's like, hey, wouldn't it be wacky if the Joker was this failed comedian in the 70s? Like, isn't that great? It's like, well, we literally yeah. have had two incarnations of the Joker in the last 10 years. Right. Why should I care? Like, I, yeah. because I don't. There's a there's there's anime and manga over here that's a lot easier mm-hmm. to follow. I'll I'll stick with that. At least I know what Vegeta's story is at this point. Exactly, um, exactly. And Joker, just from man philosophical standpoint and psychological, it's just. I mean, you could really relate. I, I'll just say I don't want to give out too much of the movie, but it was just like man, this guy went through so much. I'll, I'll probably leave it at that. You know. Okay. That's all okay. I want to say. Yeah, and, and you, you'll see what I'm talking about. And because everybody I've talked to about that movie, they you know they mentioned the word psychological. It really was, and just to see you know him trying to adapt to society as well. Yeah. Well, I and maybe kind of being turned away, kind of. It was a very well received movie, even by people yeah. who were skeptical of it. So I don't doubt that mm-hmm. it has its merits, but. Yeah. Um, just from a general standpoint of how movies are made. I mean, yeah, you have like one really good movie or one that's well received, yeah. but how does it fit into like a greater universe? Mm-hmm. Um, or are these all just going to be standalone movies where you just have to judge each one um, individually and not compare it to anything else? So I think that that's the reason why they're kind of, I don't know, messing up. I mean, honestly, the same thing is kind of happening with Marvel where I feel like the committees have taken over because uh, yeah. I, 
at this point, what it is, is um, I'm with you. I mean, I, I obviously think they're more entertaining. I think that they offer um, a lot better storytelling. But mm-hmm. like, even right now, like there's so many options on Disney Plus that I feel like it's oversaturated. I haven't even seen like the last four that they've put out. And I thought yeah. like I was doing pretty good for a while there. Yeah, it's funny because a former coworker of mine, um, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours. He comes over watches WWE pay per views, and we, you know, we talk we talk about Marvel and, and DC and everything. And you know that that's he, he was like, well, Aaron won't watch none of Phase Four. He thought it was trash, trash, and not just him. I've heard that across the board with everybody. Uh-huh. They just, you know, but then I'm thinking, man, just give it some time. And of course, you know, uh, big Comic Con out at San Diego, that was a big reveal. I knew they had a plan. I, I knew Kang was eventually coming, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, man, people just be patient if you're a true Marvel fan. I was like, well, jump off the, the boat if you want to now, but <laughs> it, it's gonna, and then sure enough, you know, the, you know, we got the Avengers movies coming out. I mean, yeah, it, but, but the TV shows, some people are kind of on the fence of those, but now the DC, like I said, DC TV shows are pretty decent, but I don't know. The Marvel shows have been okay. The TV shows, uh, a lot of people didn't like She-Hulk though. So my wife liked it. Um, yeah, she, yeah. she, uh, the other one, like, for example, a lot of people seemingly, I don't think they liked Moon Knight, but I thought it was okay. I mean, I saw it. One of my rules is that mm-hmm. the, the internet, there, there's a lot of people who just watch stuff just to be miserable. No, of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> I I try I try to ignore pretty much every review and just watch it on my own and then try to think to myself like what I thought about it because exactly I'm not I'm not going to mention this on the air but <laughs> there were like two things last last year that came out that were excoriated like people were like this is trash it's garbage <laughs> and um I wa- my friend Mark and I watched them and we I was like hey what do you think and he was like dude it was like good and i was like i yeah. know and i but we can't say that like online because people will be like oh my gosh you suck you're the mm-hmm. worst it's like buddy it's a movie like i thought it was good maybe you guys mm-hmm. are overreacting a little bit it's like no we're not we're gonna go home and and kill your dog or whatever <laughs> and, it's like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> and, and i thought something interesting back a few minutes ago you you, you know and something marvel didn't do but like we were talking about all the batmans I know, and my friend and I was just talking about, you know, we were talking about Spider-Man, and one thing he was saying, I hope they don't, we don't need a story about, you know, found out how he got bit, all that. And they, and you know, when they came out with the homecoming, the far from home and all that, they didn't go back to that. No, and the reason why I thought that was kind of a smart thing. Now, Mm -hmm. I think, I think the rule of thumb is you should have an origin story, but you have an origin story when enough time has passed that people don't know what it is. I mean, yeah. Good Lord. Like if you're, if you're normal moving, if your movie audience is targeting like 12 to 18 year olds, mm-hmm. they've at least been around long enough to have watched like all the cartoons and the, <laughs> the previous movies that have come out. I think they yep. all kind of know it already. Now, if it's been like 20 plus years, sure. Like revisit the origin, but exactly. I think, I think, yeah, I think by now people know, and you can tell because you didn't hear anyone being like, "I was so confused, like how did that guy become this <laughs> the thing again?" <laughs> for sure, for sure, man. Um, ha- have you seen the new Black Panther movie? No, I have not. Okay, okay, okay. And I know some people I've uh, talked to they haven't seen it. They're they're trying to get you know caught up in everything. Uh, what was probably or what is your favorite Marvel movie up to this point? A lot of people said Black Panther, the first one. Um. I, I, a lot of people they just like the culture just just all around it was a great movie what what is your probably favorite uh marvel movie would you say 
I, at this point, I'd have to say it's Captain America, the first, first Avenger. Okay. okay. I think that, so what I've enjoyed about the Marvel movies up to a certain point is that they were all tonally different. They all yeah. kind of did something that was not the same as the movie that preceded it, mm-hmm. but tried something just a little bit new. And what they did with his origin was obviously they did some things that some people were kind of complaining about. Yeah. But I was like, it's, it's actually kind of, it's actually clever how they did it because they were able to make it kind of like a cartoony thing where it's like, well, we can't show this movie in Germany with the Nazi swastika. Right. Oh, they got to go around it some kind of way. They got to they tiptoe around it. So they're yep. like, oh, no, it's mm-hmm. this guy who's like basically more insane than Hitler. And he's like, well, I'm going to create my own group called, like, we're like super Nazis and we're going to be called Hydra. <laughs> and so you get some people kind of upset about that. But I was like, no, yeah. I thought that was like a very clever way of sidestepping it because it doesn't mm-hmm. detract from the story. Um, and obviously, I think the direction by Joe Johnson was really good. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's very fitting in terms of his style of direction. Um, and I just thought that they did the character justice um, to the point where, you know, he became like a, a universally renowned uh, character simply because like Captain America outside of America, mm-hmm. um, even in comics, I mean, people kind of know about him if you read comics, but right. not across the world. Now, the movie comes out and now suddenly everyone is like, Oh yeah, Captain Captain America, that guy's cool. And I'm not even American. Like I already know that that guy's like sweet. Um, so I like that one. And then the other one, um, I don't know if this is considered like a normie um, choice or not was I really like guardians of the galaxy. A lot of people, uh, this elderly lady I worked with, uh, Miss Vicky, like I think she was in, she's now close to 70. She loved guardians of the galaxy. Yeah, and the reason I liked it is because, mm-hmm. so at the time, I was working in merchandising. Uh-huh. And in merchandising, when the movies were coming out, we had access to the asset folders about four months ahead of time because you have to create the merch way ahead of time to get of it course. ready for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I remember for Guardians, we like had no asset folder for it. And I was like, oh, we're not going to work on Guardians merch. And basically, the consensus was, um, well it's an unknown quantity. Like, are people even going to care? Like, are they going to show up? Because Uh like, no one knows what it is. And and people are even asking me. Yeah. yeah, They were like, Tim, do you read these comics? And I'm like, not really. Like, I I know there's a raccoon in it and that's kind of (laughs) cool. Best best character of that team. I think. (laughs) I know. And so, and so what we had to do was, um, because in merchandising, obviously, like the best way to come up with stuff is you got to know the material. So mm-hmm. my my wife and I went to go see the movie and I get out of the theater and it turns out my boss was watching the movie at the same time I was all the way in California. And he calls me as we're what? getting in the car. Crazy. And, he, and, he, and he's like, we have just made a mistake. Like, you need to spend <laughs> this weekend and come up with as much merch as possible. And I completely agreed. I was like, holy cow, that movie was good. And um, what I tell people was that was like Marvel's big experiment. Uh, people had, it familiar- was. They had some mm-hmm. familiarity with characters like the Hulk, the Avengers, etc. But what happens when you go completely left field mm-hmm. and, take, and take a team that no one really knows about mm-hmm. and do something with it? And to James Gunn's credit, I mean, he did. That was that was an outstanding movie. It didn't matter who you were. You could watch it in a vacuum and be like, wow, that was really um, entertaining. That was something that we haven't seen in, in quite a while. So I would have to say just in terms of quality and enjoyment, I really mm-hmm. like that first Guardians movie. Yeah, my friend, yeah, I was just talking about comes over to watch pay-per-views, Jimmy. Like, there's something. Because I remember asking him, we used to work together, and I'd be like, what is Guardians of the Galaxy? Because I knew it, it had, you know, had Marvel behind it. And I was like, okay. 
And he was just like, you know, he was kind of describing it. And he said, yeah, it is kind of vital. It is important. You know, it's definitely going to play in the role later down the line. And sure enough, it did. And I was like, okay, I'm, I believe him, you know, and everything. And yeah, I, I think that may be, it's probably a movie. That's like a wild card movie. Probably everybody loves just misfit of a family just put together, you know. Yes, absolutely. And it was it was just kind of wholesome and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It was very it was a very innocent movie, but also very fun too. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I said, everyone in the it was it was I can only think of so many movies where you can tell people in the theater had a really good time where it's like they got their <laughs> money's worth mm-hmm. based on what they paid for. And that was like one of those movie experiences where you just knew at the end of the the movie that you know everyone was was leaving the theater and they were in such good mood because it was just a good movie yeah man and kevin feige i just was reading about him one night man he just you know went to film school at usc and then bam had an interest in doing marvel movies and like look where he's at today like crazy (laughs) yeah yeah and he he definitely did play a big role in assembling um that universe putting it together making cohesive and i think it's just up to disney now to keep it consistent keep it going Mm -hmm. and you know don't lose sight of of any of that um and like i said i think the problem right now and this is just from a personal perspective is just oversaturation it's too much content where it's like yeah back back in just just 10 years ago all you do is just watch the movies in sequence bum 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 and then Mm -hmm. crossover bum 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 crossover but now it's like they're all crossing over at all times like and it, it's like, okay, now how does the continuity work? Wait, I have to watch this before I watch that again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's going to be all over the place when they expand these timelines. It's about to get, I was telling somebody that it's about to get crazy. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, the last one that we watched was we watched Doctor Strange. Okay, yep. And mm-hmm. uh, that was another one where I was like, eh. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've seen any Marvel thing yet that's just completely bad. But there's there's some where I was just like. Nah. <laughs> like, yeah, and you like, were going in expecting like, a lot, and yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. not bad, but it's like, will you watch it again? Yeah, probably not. It's uh, it is what it is. Awesome, man. Well, just kind of kind of wrapping up here. So, uh, what are you doing full time now? Is, and can anybody, uh, you know, uh, buy any of your art or, or look you up online or anything at the moment? Yeah, sure. So right now. Um, I'm working completely independently, so okay. we we left the merchandising thing aside. I do still occasionally do work for Marvel trading cards, so they will contact me typically like at least three or four times a year asking if I'm available. So uh, if you're a trading card collector, if you're lucky, you might find one of my cards in their randomized decks. Um, but we have we have two comic series that we work on. One is called Common America, and the other one is Black Ops, and okay. those those are the two books that we're probably most known for now. We've been doing that Mm -hmm. for about the last, let's see, black ops came out about four and a half years ago. So that's been going on for a while. And then common America is in its third year. And that's a lot of fun on common. We're on volume seven. As of this recording, volume seven will launch tomorrow on Kickstarter and on Indiegogo, but anyone can go to commonamerica.com. That's K A M E N america.com or they can go to iconiccomics.com and they can find a bunch of links to a lot of this stuff that we've worked on recently 
Man, that is awesome, man. So you're still doing the comic thing, the art, the ink, man. Man, congratulations, man. That that's just awesome. So did you just get a call? How did your did you just put your work out there and, and Marvel called you or how did that work? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the way the Marvel gig worked with trading cards is when I worked in merchandising, I accumulated quite a portfolio because one of the companies that we worked for was Marvel. So mm-hmm. I was able to accumulate a lot of official um, Marvel art doing that and working with them. And so after I kind of left all of that and went completely independent, there were still some um, people who reached back, reached back around to see if I would still do some work. And then one of them yeah. was um, Upper Deck. And so Upper Deck was like, no, we really like your work. Please, please, please. Like, if you don't mind, like, uh-huh. we'll, we'll lessen the workload. But if you could do a few sketch cards for us, like, people would love it. And so um, I do that just because it's kind of a, an easier job to do. It's not as time consuming. It takes just a few days of my time. Um, for sure. So, that's a that's kind of how that works, but that that was a fun time doing that. Um, uh, it, for people who might know, like the character of Spider Gwen, I did the first official merchandising artwork for her. Oh, that's awesome! That's yeah, awesome. yeah, it was really cool. It debuted at um, New York Comic Con in twenty. What year was that? Twenty fifteen. New York Comic Con. It was a bag. That was the first um, officially licensed Spider Gwen artwork. So that's like the last really big thing I worked on. It's good times. Man, that is just incredible, man. Well, it was great catching up with you, man. Um, we'll have to uh, catch up again, man. Um, I know Ant-Man's coming out. I'm, I'm sure we're probably going open weekend. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, I, I just heard last night from the world premiere, um, They good things. They, they're calling it its own Star Wars, apparently. <laughs> I'd like the last two Ant-Man movies. Um, I actually yeah. like the I like, I like the second one better than the first one. So I have some high hopes for it. I like Paul Rudd. That's the Ant-Man cast is generally really, really good. Very <laughs> entertaining. Um, I think it's kind of underrated. Not a lot of people talk about it whenever they, they don't. Up. That's true. I mean, even I didn't just now. Whenever yeah. we went and we went, well, what movies stick out for you? And it's like that one's pretty good. I mean, like they're batting two for two, which is pretty yeah. good so far. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure, for sure. Well, you got any last words for our listeners here before we go out there? No, I just want to um, appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to us and have a little chit chat. It's nice catching back up with you. I hope everything is good. Uh, make sure to, for all your listeners, stay tuned to that podcast. And if you guys want to follow me um, on Instagram, I'm at Common America. Um, and or you can go to CommonAmerica.com and see all of our social media links there. Appreciate you. So, uh, great artist, Tim Lim, right here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Tim, thank you so much for being on. Appreciate it, and take care. You too. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, No problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that does it for our show this week. Thank you again for Mr. Timothy Lim for coming on the show and sharing his journey with us. And uh, we'll see you and catch you next time here on Happy Hour with Ryan. Stay safe and take care out there. Peace.